when when is the last time when is the last time that you sang that song you know a little kid maybe but I bet you this I bet you that most of you knew the words and didn't need them up there but one of the things that happened to me I'm just going to tell you what happened when I was reading that Jesus I mean or singing it well not well but singing it and Jesus loves, and I started saying, even me, even me, not just, you understand what I'm saying? I understand why he loves you. I was going, but he loves me. I mean, even me, I know who I am. I know what I've done. I know, you know, my failures and such. And Jesus loves even me. And I thought, you know, isn't that something that we need to remember all the time? And sometimes it can, you can forget it. It is so easy to forget that Jesus loves you. you it's so easy to forget that, and I'm going to say this later again, but it's so, so easy to forget the immense value that you have to God. You have an, a, a more than you can ever imagine value. See, when this year starts out for you educators... And I know for everybody, it doesn't make any difference. Let's make this the first day of the rest of your life. It doesn't matter if you're an educator or not, or you're a student or not. It doesn't really matter in in terms of that. I do know that your days don't always turn out like you plan them. I do know that especially if you're a teacher, you can write at the best lesson plan that was ever out there. And there's circumstances that can happen in that classroom that you will never get to your lesson plan. There could be something that happens with that, st- that uh, child or that student that has happened at home. And very typically, we end up taking what happened at home. And sometimes it is traumatic. And we end up taking that to school with us. We take it to church with us. We take it out on the world with us. That's why people are driving like crazy people, I think, right now. They've had some things that have happened to them. And they're, they're taking it out there. And they're, it's just what has happened with people. We can't hardly contain it. And whether you're a, a student as well, because I mean, obviously, don't think things don't go well just because you're, you know, you're the student in the classroom. You could be bullied. You could, you could do, you know, you could be worried about a test, really stressed out. Or the other thing that happens, and I know that people don't think this has happened, because what we we say to people, you know, is we say something along the lines: if you do your best, you'll be doing great. Do you realize that sometimes you can actually do your best and fail? You can actually do your absolute best and fail. And you go, why is this the, what is the case here? What is the, is that? And you know, and when somebody comes up to you and says, well, but God loves you. And you're saying, what? What are you saying? How has he loved me? How has he loved me? Because look at the things that have happened in my life. And so I'd like to start off with one verse that I think you'll know as well as you know Jesus loves me song. And so could everyone stand right now and read this verse that is on the screen here with me? Because I want us to, to sink in. Let's read this together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Would you please be seated? You knew that verse. You knew that verse. And you know how I know you knew it? Because you said it. 
If it had been something out there and we had had a bunch of, of words that you couldn't pronounce, we wouldn't have had any response hardly out there. But this was one of those verses that maybe that if you were in church at any time, they taught you to memorize that verse. If you ever went to vacation Bible school somewhere, they taught you to, to memorize that verse. And, but a lot of people think that's it. That when you come to the altar, when you come down the, the aisle of the church and you say, you know, I'm giving my life to Jesus. And they say, well, Jesus loves you. That's the end of the love. That's all there is to it. Let me tell you about when the times get rough, I want you to know that God loves you. So I've got several verses here that will tell you how God loves you. God loves us by knowing us first. Understand he knows you. How well does he know you, may I ask? Psalm 139.16 says, Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. That sounds like Yoda, in my opinion, the way they put those words together, but that is a literal translation. But what it says there is that all of our days are written in a book that God keeps. Now, any of you guys know anybody that keeps a book on you? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? They took this book and when you were born, they took a picture of you in the hospital and then they wrote down the, the, what happened and, uh, when you were in the hospital, how much you weighed, how much, how long you were and wrote your name in that book. And then you find that in that book, you find you've got pictures of you, you know, getting a bottle and getting eating. And then there's times when you're going along and there's, there's where you, you know, you said, you said mama for the first time. It's on this date. You got it on there and you got another the one where you know you got you got that took your first step when you started uh, talking a little bit do you know anybody that keeps a book like that you sure do moms keep books like that don't they and what do we call those books baby books you realize and if you're a mom you've realized i got one of those books get this god's got one of those books too you know here's the situation we 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 take pictures of the things that we love we go on vacations and we go on these vacations and we take pictures did you know that you can find pictures of all those places on the internet you don't have to go there but what is missing the pictures don't include you do they you take the pictures of the things you love and you take the pictures because you want to be there you see, God had the book with all of your days before you had any of your days. You know, I realize that moms today probably even have pictures of ultrasounds. You understand? You can actually put that in the baby book. Before you were born, this is what you looked like. <laughs> a little squid. Anyway, so, uh, yeah. but, the, but the thing about it is, when, this is no joke, when ultrasounds were coming out they were rather new back in the uh, in 1980 not that ultrasounds was but they were taking them of the babies karen and i were on channel 5 news in fort worth where they showed us with a, a getting the ultrasound i mean they did the they did the whole news report thing on the ultrasound being done and our 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 first child was had the ultrasound broadcast across uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, and you know, the sort of thing, you know, with the, I don't know how many people, but that was a deal. And we recorded it, of course, you know, we got the videotape and recorded it and, you know, watched it and, 
and then we recorded something over it <laughs> accidentally. I'm not too upset about it because, you know, how I look sometimes. I look at that, that guy looks like a doofus, you know. I looked like a doofus, and I said, well, you know, I wasn't all that hurt. But realize God's love for you existed before the beginning of time. Before the beginning of time, it existed. God's love existed for, before the beginning of you. I want you to know, folks, that's a whole lot of love, Led Zeppelin. That's a whole lot of love. Understand. But not only that, God sacrificed for us. This is, imagine how much love he had for us. He sacrificed for us. In Romans 5, 8, it says, But God shows his love for us, and while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, I looked at that and I said, Shouldn't it say, but Jesus showed his love for us while we were yet sinners, he died for us? And I said, No. Let's look at the one who has sacrificed the most. You know, I want to tell you, I could say to you, could you take your son and you sacrifice him for somebody else? I think that if I got into this room and I were to say to you, I want you to do that, what would you say? I cannot do that. I cannot do that. And what I'm trying to say here is, is because the Father's love, your so immense value that you have to God, that God sacrificed his son. That's more love than I can imagine. It is more than the father who is called down to the police station in the middle of the night because his son has been vandalizing the neighborhood. And they tell him, we're willing to let him go if you'll just pay for the damages. And the father says, I'll pay for the damages. But that's what has happened. The Lord has said, I realize you're a sinner, but I will pay for the damages. And why would the Father do that? Love is the only answer. And when I look at that, I think so many times when I, I think that God has proven his love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I realize that, but I, I realize that Jesus died once for all. But I also need to remember that Jesus died for every one of my sins too. The next sin that I make, whatever it may be, Jesus died for that one too. He paid that debt. That's not all of his love though. God chose us to be his. He chose us. Think of that. I mean, when I look at myself, I think how odd that God would choose me. How is it that he would choose me? It says in Ephesians 1, 4, Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. God chose you. You know... We might not realize what he chose us to be sometimes. He chose us to be holy and blameless. He chose us to be holy and blameless because otherwise we could never be in his presence. He had to clean us up. For see, God is the definition of holiness. Nothing that is sinful can stand in his presence. You've got to be all cleaned up first. His choosing meant that we must be cleansed. 
come before him. You know, I had surgery about a month ago. And uh, I was in constant pain, so I, I decided this is the only thing I could do. But one of the things they emphasized was is that I had to wash my back, which I had back surgery, with a special soap. My wife, who is an infection preventionist, you know, she brought an extra bottle. I'm telling tell you, they, they sent me a bottle from the surgeon's office. I got another bottle from my wife. And the evening before, she did not trust me to wash my own back for this. And so she washed it until probably she got down to the bone somewhere in there. And the next morning, she said, we get to do this again. And so she washed it with that special soap one more time. Now, I healed fine. You know why I healed fine? Because... I didn't have anything that was going to contaminate the wounds that the doctor was going to cut into. You see, I would be the contamination if I could come before the Lord without being washed. So God loved me so much. He wanted me to come before him. He washed me. He washed me. And I, I remember the words of him that... Maybe you don't get because it's so important for us to remember. It goes like this. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? You know those verses. It's an old hymn. But it's necessary to realize you have been chosen to be washed so that you could come before the presence of God himself. I'm not, I'm not through. Though. God loves us by giving us a purpose. It says in Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Realize God is always, I want to hear that word, you need to hear that word. God is always working on us. And he uses every effective means of working on us. So he puts us to work. You know, how do people progress? How do they progress? If you, if you said to somebody, if somebody said, I'm going to, the, I'm going to be in the Olympics, I want to be in the Olympics. What would you do, say they'd do? They would train, wouldn't they? They would train and they would train and they would train. In fact, I've talked to people who've been in the Olympics. They're amazing. Their whole life is just about giving over to training. In fact, every sport, if you get into any sport, whatever, and you really want to be truly in that sport rather than, you know, just go play in tennis every once in a while or something like that. And every sport has tasks to change the person into what they need to be so that they can be successful. Well, here it is, folks. Understand this. God has a workout plan designed especially for you. He's got a workout plan. Think about that. He's, isn't, that isn't that really cool? And he prepared these good works. He said, for us beforehand. That's what the scripture says. The, the good works are prepared beforehand. And how does he know what to prepare beforehand? That it's just for us. <laughs> I remember I told you you had a book. <laughs> and when that book, what has he got? All of your days before there was any of them. 
He knows exactly what it takes for you. For God's good works fulfill us. Sometimes I I think what happens in church, we we ask people in the wrong way for doing something. We have this task that that we need to have have done. And so we say it this way. It says, we're calling you up because we called everybody else and they all said no. You're the last on our list. That makes you feel so special, doesn't it? Yeah, maybe I'm the dumbest one. Anyways, and and I go, no, it shouldn't be like that. It always should be a privilege. When somebody calls me up to do a funeral or a wedding, I want you to know it's an honor. It's an honor to do something like that. It's not, it's not a, you know, it is a task. I realize that, but it's an honor. And that what God would say, I have a workout plan for you, and I've got something that I want you to do. And if it really is for you, you need to be able to respond. There is sometimes to say no. But what I'm trying to say here is, is that when God has one of those plans, you know, and you say, you know, you say, yes, because... That will fulfill you. A couple of years ago when I realized I didn't love my neighbors. You know, when I said, I'm not telling you I didn't, I didn't hate my neighbors. I didn't know my neighbors. I couldn't say that I loved them. I didn't even know them. And I lived there 12 years. It's kind of hard to go over to somebody's house and say, I lived here 12 years and I've never met you. You know, I realized that was really the truth. And I didn't know what to do, so I knew what I could do. And so I started making pies. And after the awkwardness of that, you know, because it was awkward at first, I got to know my neighbors. But let me tell you what has happened. It, the joy of doing what I do for them has fulfilled me. God has worked for us. And he's working us out. God also, God upholds us during our rough times. He upholds us during our rough times. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Have you ever wondered where God was when you were going through a tough time? Uh, Most of us have. We said, where are you now, God? I'm going through this tough time. I will tell you where he was. He was right there with you. He was right there with you. He never left your side. See, God will strengthen us when we need strength. There are times when you cannot take another step. Things don't you know, here's the thing. Things don't go wrong in one place, do they? They go wrong everywhere. And we sound like a country song. You know, I'm not going to sing, but the, the dog runs off, the truck breaks down, the kids are sick, the job is lost, and there's a tear in my beer, you know? And you can't see the end of it. You can't see the end of it in sight. But God upholds you. You say, how? He knows exactly what's going on he hears your prayers and he remains with you you see he continues to give you strength until he causes something good to come out of this bad time remember the story of Lazarus let's do a little math with the story of Lazarus they come to Jesus and they say Lazarus is sick looks like he's going to die Jesus says "Hmm, that's cool and he says I'll stay here two more days before I leave So he stays two more days before he leaves and he comes. Do you understand? It was a two-day journey to get to Jesus from where he was to go back to Bethany. Okay, if Jesus stays two more days and then he takes two days to get there, it's four days, right? Four days since he heard this. How long had Lazarus been in the tomb? Four days. 
Lazarus was dead when they got there. You could do the math. They bury the person the Jews do on the day that they died. So there you have it. He's already dead. Jesus was not worried about Lazarus at that point. But he knew what he was going to do. He knew exactly what was going on. And he, he honestly, he waited like to, it looks like there was no hope left at all. For this Lazarus has now been in the grave for four days. Surely that's the end of it. But he calls Lazarus from the tomb. And what happens there? The glory of God was seen in that. It strengthened Mary and Martha's faith. It strengthened the faith of all of those mourners that were around there. And they could not believe it. But they believed it. They saw it. And so he was there. He knew and he worked. And when the time comes, when there's going to be the good that comes out of it, he will work in your life too. He will. God loves us by healing our brokenness. Psalm 147, 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. There are things that will break our hearts. If you haven't experienced it, you're special. Because most of us have that. It's maybe a child leaving your faith. It could be a spouse leaving you. It could be a child moving to the other side of the world that you will not see them or maybe even your grandchildren for a long time. It could be the loss of a friend or a relative. It can be the betrayal of a friend and it will break your heart. It hurts in the heart. And I realize that sometimes people hurt us intentionally, but a lot of times they don't. They don't realize what they're doing when they say what they say and, and do what they do. So, and sometimes things just happen. They just happen and it doesn't have to, anything to do with what people are doing. And the pain can be so amazing and yet God heals this. Healing the heart is like healing a sickness. You see, you need strength from the outside in this. You may need a medicine or maybe even need a surgery. Ultimately, you need comfort. But always you need someone to hold you. And if you are alone, if you're single and you're alone, you're still not alone. Because I know that God is there with you. When our children got a bobo, if you all have had children, they got a bobo and they came crying to you and they said, you know, I got a bobo. What did we do? We kissed it and made it better. You realize that? We kissed it and made it better. Well, let me tell you something. God kisses us and he makes it better. He does. For nothing separates us from God's love. Nothing at all separates us from God's love. Romans chapter 8 verse 38 says, For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation. I think Paul just ran out of stuff to put in there. Do you understand? He said there's nothing in there that I can add to this. But he said none of those things will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, 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 nothing. You can hurt me, but you can't separate me from the love of Christ Jesus, my Lord. You can kill me, and you can't separate me from the love of Christ Jesus, my Lord. And here's the thing. I can even hurt Jesus, and it will not separate me from his love. 
I think sometimes that it takes either having a mom that is like that or being a mom. But I'll say, sometimes your children will hurt you, but I will tell you what, you still will not be separated from your love. And you understand that. You understand that. You say, even if you don't care about this love, it is still there. God loves us so much that he waits for us. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, some count slowness, but he is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. I know I say this, and maybe I say it too much, but I want it to be said again and again so it gets drummed into us in our heads. God wants you to walk with him. He wants us, you, me, to walk with him. And he is not interested in walking in our sinfulness. Realize what was going on. He was not interested in coming over and walking next to us in our sinfulness. So he needs you to receive that gift of Jesus' salvation so that you can be washed and you can come and you can walk with him. See, he needs you to be cleansed, and he is always waiting. The story of the prodigal son is one of God. See, the son walked away and treated the father as if he's dead. That's how you get an inheritance, by the way. Your father dies. You get the inheritance. You got it. Understand? And so he treated his father like he's dead. You know, that's got to hurt. You got to realize that's got to hurt. And the father let him go, but the father also waited for him to come back. And it says in the scripture that the father saw him from a long distance. How can you see somebody from a long distance? Because you're looking, that's why. Because you're focused on that. He would come from that direction if he's coming back. I'm going to see him. And it says the father ran to the son. And what did he do? The son was trying to confess it all and everything else. And he says, he restored him to being in his presence, in his house. And you know what he did next? He threw a party. He threw a party. (laughs) God would love to party with you. He would. He would love to party with you. See, the story would have been different if the son had never come to his senses. You know... God waits for people to come to their senses. He isn't waiting for you to come to him. And I'm going to say, I'm going to beat you up for all the bad things you've done. I'm going to whack, whack, whack on you. Is that what the father did in the story of the prodigal son? No, not, not at all. He said, let's get the rope. Let's get the ring. Let's put the sandals on his feet. Let's, let's kill the fatted calf. Let's have a party. He isn't waiting to beat you up. He's waiting to have you walk with him. He's ready to party with you. God loves you that much. Would you would you pray with me? Father, I pray that everyone here